0: Hi there, I'm Cindy Linden and this is a Cook Along podcast, Quick Bite. Today's Quick Bite is going to be a little bit unusual in that it's going to be kind of a combo of a product review and a recipe. As I've mentioned before, I live in Portland, Oregon, about as Northwestian as you can get in terms of culture. I'm married into a family with its roots in Rochester, New York, and prior to that in Italy. But the Rochester, New York part is the relevant part because trips back to see family became a regular thing. My first trip back there, I was introduced to a frozen confection called frozen custard. In my part of the world, frozen custard was unremarkable and mostly I regarded it as a form of soft ice cream, and it usually came in two flavors and a twist. So the vanilla, the chocolate, and then a thing that the machine would make that would twist the two flavors together as it came out of the machine. When I was taken to Abbott's Frozen Custard in Rochester, New York, it was a complete eye opening, life changing revelation. Their frozen custard is so smooth and so silky and so creamy that it's hard to describe. It's almost like this flavor just sort of slides and melts over your tongue with no resistance in any way. And I fell in love. And now whenever we go back there, this is going to sound stupid, but think about the fact that we don't have this where I live I advocate for going for Abbott's Custard every single day we are in the Rochester area. Once a day, once is enough, but every day. I have tried to find something similar here in the Northwest, and every time something new comes up anywhere in the state that calls itself frozen custard, I make it my business to check it out. It's still just soft ice cream. Nobody mimics what Abbott's Custard can do. To add insult to injury, when I was there a couple of years ago, I was taken to a gelato place. Now, this is run by an Italian family, and it's in Greece, New York, which is part of the outskirts of Rochester. It's just a small cafe, and they've got one whole wall that is a display case for baked goods, and as you may have figured out from listening to the Cook Along podcast, there's nothing I like better in the world than really good baked goods. However, perpendicular to that huge display of wonderful Italian pastries is this long counter of handmade, housemade gelato in many, many flavors that is so amazing. Again, the texture is difficult to describe. It's Dense. It's almost chewy. If you can imagine that your ice cream has a little chew to it before it melts silkily onto your tongue. It was, again, something so amazing. So now here I was in this uncomfortable dilemma. I can't have both every day. That's really excessive, even when you're from a different part of the country and can't get it at any other time. So that made it really difficult for me to choose between the two. Now we're coming out of a COVID pandemic and I have not been back east to those places in some time because traveling hasn't been a comfortable thing. And finally I thought to myself, this is just stupid. Here I am in love with this frozen, these two frozen confections. And I cannot get it where I live. Why the hell am I not trying to make my own? Now that's a little tricky because I don't own an ice cream maker. And I knew immediately that I would not get anywhere near those kinds of products without some way to churn them. There are plenty of recipes online now for making ice cream in a loaf pan that does not have to be churned. But I knew I wasn't going to get what I was looking for that way. So I started looking at ice cream makers. And here's the thing. I live in a household now of only two people, both of whom need to watch our calorie intake and our fat intake and blah, blah, blah. You know the song. So I don't want to make a whole gallon of ice cream or even a quart of ice cream. And I have a very old kitchen with no more counter space, and I have nowhere to store a full-size ice cream maker. There were just so many reasons not to do that. So I started searching for smaller ice cream makers. And in that process, I came across something that has been a ton of fun for me. It's made by a company called Dash, whom I have come to understand makes modern appliances in tiny versions for people who like to take them camping. So there's a little tiny waffle maker, there's little tiny all kinds of things. But the one I was interested in, of course, was the My Pint Ice Cream Maker. It makes one pint. That is two cups, which is just about enough for two people to have ice cream one night and not have any leftovers that are sitting around tempting us in the freezer. And I can make a different flavor every night if I want to and not feel obligated to eat up the leftovers because there aren't any. So I found myself one of these gadgets. With this little tiny ice cream maker, you mix up your creamy confection, and then you chill it, and then you put it in this machine. You have to keep the base in the freezer, but again, because it's small, that's not an imposition on your freezer space and then you turn it for 20, 25 minutes, and then you have to stop because otherwise it doesn't stay cold long enough to keep making it colder. At that point, it'll start to warm up again. So it's a quick process, and it only makes a small amount of stuff, and that's a good thing also, at least in my household. It wasn't expensive. I think I spent 28 or $29 on it, and Then I started making various recipes that proclaimed themselves as either frozen custard or gelato. The only problem with the recipes I found really in terms of creating them was that, of course, they're all made for regular ice cream makers, and I'm only trying to make a pint. So I had to do an enormous amount of math. I went through all of them at the same time, one after the other, and converted them all into little tiny amounts to get it to tell me how much of each ingredient i would need to make just a pint. And i learned some things, most of them don't have that silky texture i was looking for. Most of them aren't really terribly different from ice cream. And while it's fun and it's soft ice cream isn't a terrible thing, it's not what i was after. I did find one recipe for chocolate frozen custard that is a stunner. And though I will probably never have opportunity to test this out because my ice cream maker and Abbott's are on two different coasts, I feel confident that this could stand its own against the chocolate Abbott's frozen custard on the other coast. And that's saying quite a lot. And I'll give you that recipe in a few minutes, but that made me wonder why the other things I was trying were not coming out the same way. They were coming out more grainy and more more like icy particles. Um, sure, you know what I mean if you've had non-smooth frozen ice cream or sometimes even homemade ice cream. It's not super smooth. It certainly doesn't have that chewiness to it. This chocolate custard did. I found a lemon gelato recipe that is kind of okay. It's dense and it's smooth, but it is not what the chocolate custard had. And so now here I am trying to figure out what's different What's different in the one that is so close to what I'm looking for compared to the ones that are not at all what I'm looking for or are kind of sort of close, maybe-ish, to what I'm looking for? And I've come to the conclusion, although I will tell you I haven't tested this yet, that it has to do with one single ingredient. Bombus big comfort for everyone go to bombus.com/ acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase Hi I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so I created Pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. that the difference between regular kind of okay-ish smooth-ish ice cream and incredibly smoothish ice cream is one of two things. It's either the order in which you put the ingredients in the pan, or it's the corn syrup. The corn syrup doesn't show up in most of these other recipes. It only shows up in this one, which is what makes me think that it's the secret ingredient to make it really what I'm looking for. But this chocolate one also makes up into a really custardy thick mix before you stick it in the refrigerator. This is way before freezing. It's just when you first have it in the pan. And the others don't exactly do that. So I'm trying to figure out ways to make the mix itself more custardy. But again, I think that might be helped by the corn syrup. So that's the ingredient I'm going to play with. Rather than make this recipe for the chocolate frozen custard with you, I'm just going to tell you what to do, because if you don't have a machine, it would be silly to be making it with you when you don't have the tools that you need. But in case you decide to try it later, the recipe is from Sue Moran at theviewfromgreatisland.com. So if you wanted to make a whole bunch of it, about a quart and a half, I think you could go to that website and look for the chocolate frozen custard recipe and you'll find the amounts for that quantity. I'm going to give you the instructions and amounts for just this pint so that when you do, when and if you do, get your little dash ice cream maker, you can make it the way I did. You need two egg yolks, two and a half tablespoons of sugar, and I use super fine sugar, four teaspoons of corn syrup, a pinch of salt, two and a half tablespoons of Dutch cocoa, two thirds of a cup heavy whipping cream and a third of a cup of whole milk and three eighths of a teaspoon of vanilla. And you separate the eggs and then you put the yolks and the sugar and the corn syrup and the salt and the cocoa powder, which you can sift if you want to get rid of the lumps ahead of time. It's probably smart, but it's not absolutely necessary. You put those in the saucepan, you stir them up. You set them over medium heat and then you whisk in the cream and the milk and you just keep stirring it until it gets thick. You don't want it to boil, but it needs to be thick enough going toward being an actual custard. When it coats the back of the spoon, it's done. And then you pour it through a mesh sieve to get any lumps of cocoa or egg or whatever out. You stir in the vanilla and you cover and you chill it until it's cold because you can't put hot stuff in these little tiny frozen ice cream maker bases or it'll just warm everything up too fast. So your mixture has to be cold and your base to your ice cream thing, the dash, has to be just barely out of a very cold freezer. Pour it in there and you churn it for about 20 minutes and then you're done. You transfer it to another container for the freezer and you freeze it for a while but this one is especially good if you eat it within four hours of making it. Here's the lemon one real quick. A third of a cup of whole milk. This is lemon gelato, by the way. A third of a cup of sugar, two egg yolks, a tablespoon of grated lemon zest, a quarter of a cup of fresh lemon juice, and two-thirds of a cup of heavy whipping cream. And while this makes a pretty smooth, dense gelato... Again, in order to get that kind of almost chewy, really smooth silkiness, I am going to try adding a couple of teaspoons of corn syrup next time I make it just to see what happens. This is again the same kind of principle. In a saucepan, you heat the milk to 175 degrees, which is a pain to measure with only a third of a cup of milk, but it can be done. You stir in the sugar And the whisked egg yolks and the lemon zest, you cook it till it's thick, you stir in the lemon juice and cream, and then you refrigerate it for several hours. So you're putting something cold into your ice cream maker. Then you put it in that dash ice cream maker and let it do its thing for 20, 25 minutes. And then you scoop it out of there and put it again into a container to freeze for two to four hours or until it's really firm. And you know, frozen custard and gelato are both better if they're a little bit soft. What you don't want to do is eat it when it's really hard. So if you decide that you have leftovers, which isn't impossible, you want to take your container out of the freezer a little bit ahead because it is hard as a rock. You won't even be able to scoop it out of there for a few minutes. And then once you do get it scooped, let it sit for a few minutes and soften up. The taste and the texture are so much better. You just can't taste something that's frozen hard as a rock it doesn't have the right flavor the warmth has to kind of release the flavors so let it do that so that's today's quick bite a little bit unusual I know and now you can tell your friends you know how to make gelato and frozen custard in very tiny quantities so that you can have a different flavor every night if you have a recipe that you use in an ice cream maker that you think I should try, please send it to me. This is all new to me. I've never had an ice cream maker before, and I would love to try some other things that have been tested by people like you. So please, if you have things that are smooth, creamy, and delicious, please send them to me. You can reach me through my contact page on thecookalongpodcast.com or on Facebook. You can send me a message there. That would be Swell. I'd be really excited to try your stuff. And don't worry, I'll take care of doing the math to convert it down into some tiny amount, okay? Tune in two weeks from now for another cook-along quick bite. And in the weeks in between, tune in for a full recipe that we can cook together of who knows what I'll find next time. Tell your friends you listen to the cook-along podcast. Invite them to join you in doing so. And until next time, happy cooking.